visit RTI on the web at english.rti.org.tw. Welcome to Radio Taiwan International. I am Natalie So. We have a lot of great features up this hour. A free Chinese lesson for you on Chinese to go. And on hashtag Taiwan, Leslie Dow tells you all about the latest AI sensation coming from Taiwan. And on status update, John and Shirley interact with you, the listener. But first, join us for Here in Taiwan. <laughs> Welcome to Here in Taiwan. It's Tuesday, December 17th, and in the studio we have John Van Trieste. Hi there. Paula Chow. Hello. And I am Natalie So. Taoyuan Airport has a new attraction, and also one of our indigenous languages made it onto Wikipedia. And I'll be telling you about Taiwan's top breakfast picks and why sixth graders are baking cookies, what their causes. Those stories and more coming right up. Okay, so the Taoyuan International Airport, which is our main gateway, has a new attraction. Tell us about this. Yeah, it's, well, I think it's pretty typical to have sort of an airport hotel and food courts and that sort of stuff in the airport. And uh, we're getting a new one, but this is a, seems like a very special themed sort of food court area. And the theme is 1930s Taiwan. Really? It's quite a long, long time ago. But I think in the popular imagination here, although Taiwan was under Japanese rule at the time, it's sort of a cultural golden age. There was all mm-hmm. sorts of the first sort of song stresses, the first, you know, uh, films and that sort of thing were all coming along. It has a lot of the same sort of nostalgia as the old Hollywood sort of So period. the retro, yeah, yeah, the cinema style. The first cafes appeared and uh-huh. electricity, you know, it's a very happening time here in Taiwan. So this is the hotel that it's... Uh, no, it's a food court that's going to be, it's an airport. Court. It's called Taiwan Temple Avenue and it's supposed to mimic a street scene from the 1930s uh, Taiwan. I know there's an, there was, maybe it's still open, uh, in Taipei, near the Miramar uh, department store here, there's another sort of food court that has a similar theme, like uh, instead of boring old stalls, they sort of mimic like sort of the kinds that you would uh, maybe draw with a horse, you know, that type of a thing, like wooden carts. That's a long like, time kind of, ago. No, like really retro style, though. They look like a really old school noodle stand and that sort of there thing. There was also a place called, was it a Taipei Story House? Or? Oh, yeah. Near the Taipei main station, right? I don't know if it's still there anymore, but it had a lot of old-style food stands. Right. So it's it's sort of that yeah. that sort of um, retro feel to it, and uh, there's going to be arts and crafts and other sort of Taiwanese fare. It'll there'll be some international food as well. We have all sorts of tastes and people coming and going from all over the world. So you know you got to cater to everyone. But uh, there will be some classic Taiwanese classics like jinxian braised pork on rice, which I think is lu rou fan, which I think is very a time period appropriate and sort of has the same. It belongs in that sort of setting, doesn't it? Lu right, lu it's timeless too. It's still very popular. Still very popular. So. Uh, um, it you know uh, this is especially important timing because we're welcoming a record number of foreign tourists this year. It looks like um, yeah, we just saw our, our two millionth Japanese visitor come last week, which is like, a record high. Yeah, eleven point eleven million. I'm sorry, I'm not sure if that's quite a record or not, but it is certainly. Uh, I think it is been, a record. Is I it? think it is a record high. Eleven point eleven million foreign tourists have come to Taiwan, and uh, I think that in the global scheme, given how small we are. 
well, uh, and how geographically, quickly that, and how small. quickly, yeah, and how quickly though that number has risen in recent years. Uh, we're doing pretty well in that field, so it's nice to have. A piece of old Taiwan there and ready to welcome people who are passing through. You know, I think we've gotten quite a lot of good press in recent years for, you know, being the most underrated Asian destination or good place for food. And, you know, a lot of people have discovered that Taiwan is a great place to be. People come and they end up staying. And, <laughs> True story. Like you. Well, how long were you planning to stay originally? Three months. Are you serious? Yeah. Three did months you, only. Did you? You were planning to come for, to learn language? Yeah, what? it was a summer program and I just kept coming back. And what did you like or what do you like about Taiwan? Um, it's very relaxed and, and uh, I don't know. You More feel, than you the feel, States? I feel very free and comfortable here, you know? People are nice and um, we're not very far from some very wonderful places and a lot of really interesting cultures all smacked, kind of crammed together into, like I said, this rather small place. So uh, Yeah, geographically, it's small, very convenient to get around too, right? Yeah, I think once people figure that out, and we're, we're developing that network too. There's a new highway down to the east that's supposed to open soon that'll make getting there that's easier. exciting. You know, things like that are happening all the time that are making it easier and easier to see what we have to offer. So um, I'm glad that without even leaving the airport, you can get a taste of it. That's true. We also have a new control tower that's modeled after... A very famous rock in Taiwan called the Queen's Head. Yeah, it looks very Egyptian. I think we mentioned that in this program a while ago. Oh, did we? Um, I'm going to be at the airport soon. I'm going to have so to you check can take out a for look it. at it. Yeah, and I'm not sure. It said that this is this was announced on December 13th. So I'm not sure if it's open yet or when it's going to open. It doesn't say that. But there was an opening ceremony. Again, they do these things sometimes where there's like soft openings and regular. Well, I'm not, I so I'm not be sure. there when you're when you're leaving. Though. It doesn't say exactly when it's opening, but Taiwan, the president was there, as was the transportation minister at an opening ceremony recently. Wow. So it must be. I mean, it's a really. I mean, we need to expand, right? We can welcome more and more people. So, a new food court and a hotel. The first one inside the airport, it looks like. Very nice. So there's a lot of good things to see. A lot of um, good food here. Yeah. And a lot of great. Um, scenery and a lot of uh, activities and, and nice culture <laughs> and a lot to see it and eat at the airport at as the airport. well you know they have a lot of creative um uh what are they called gates have you have you noticed really them? i yeah. haven't noticed that they um the last couple times i've flown out of there uh, i've always been departing at a gate that's themed about something Taiwanese. There's one that I was at one time that was famous films, and like there was a timeline really? and different memorabilia from Taiwan's old film industry. Wow. There's one about the, uh, what are they called, micro seasons? In traditional Chinese culture, you divide the year even further than just four seasons into like small periods really? that last. Yeah, and what foods are popular at that time and things. There's traditional performing arts. I think puppetry was on there. There's one. I know there's a Hello Kitty area. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if you like Hello Kitty, there's that. And that then, was very obvious. Yeah, so I mean, a lot. There's an indigenous themed one. I think there's a Hakka themed one. So no there's a lot to do up, at the airport, actually. It actually is. I, I mean, it's a cultural, uh, scenic place, right? Culturally scenic place. Right. So it doesn't. you don't really mind having to get there early to go through That's security true. and all it's that. It's not because, going. Yeah. The shopping's pretty good, too. It is. Yeah, even our airport's pretty, pretty well cool. well done. <laughs> <laughs> so if you haven't been to Taiwan yet, definitely come and, and enjoy and check, check us out. Naroa. Ini kemai bayuan nak kenatar tu lengau. 
the sound of the Puyuma tribe on Radio Taiwan International. usually have for breakfast coffee toast coffee, coffee and toast that's, that's, hey. that's like very american we're like the same paula you we're too? breakfast <laughs> twins really i do there's a new bun place that opened near me and oh, so really? I, I have i want it i do occasionally but that's just when i have an extra time what do you guys think are the top breakfast um foods here in taiwan i mean out you know eat when you eat out for breakfast which a lot of people do by the way they do people like sandwiches of various kinds Sandwiches is popular. Um, they're sort of Taiwanese twists on sandwiches. They're not. They're very Western hearty sandwiches, sandwiches and yeah. they're they're hot. Yes, they're like grilled or toasted. Um, so like I said, buns of various time types. Pancakes with um, sesame seeds. Sort of like a uh, oh. like very traditional Chinese style. Not salbing, right? yeah, yeah, and with a long oily. What do you call that? Oil stick? No, <laughs> you don't call it yotel. It's like a donut. Flour, almost. yeah. It's like a, a salty donut. Deep fried donut. Deep fried um, salty donut. Fan tuan, which are like rice balls, often wrapped around those same oily, doughy yeah. sticks of goodness. I like soybean too. I like this um, savory soybean soup. Yeah. I like that. It tastes good. But none of these have made the top list of top three. Really? All those are good. Oh. Yeah. Are we all eating so, like what? Well, but these top three, I'm really surprised because they're very novel um, types of food. Well, number one is Mei and Mei, which is famous for their uh, sandwiches. But they also have a very popular dish, which is their tepan fried noodles. So look oh. at this. It's a fried noodles and then with fried egg on top. Oh, That's wow. a really hearty meal. It doesn't look like a breakfast, right? It looks more mm. like a lunch. Like lunch. I've had right. that before. It's a bit mu too much in the morning. First thing in the morning. I <laughs> I mean, all the things that made the top three are really hearty. The number two popular breakfast chain was My Warm Day. Have you guys heard of that? Mm, nope. It's, it's a 30-year-old brunch chain. They usually give East Asian breakfast a Western twist. So their most popular item is crunchy chicken pasta with Thai sauce. Whoa. Again, that's a little <laughs> overloaded <laughs> first lunch. thing in the morning. Too much yeah. for lunch. <laughs> that was recommended most by Taiwan Edison's for its huge portions <laughs> and ex exotic taste. I think people like to get the most for their money, right? They eat sure. a lot <laughs> for, uh, for the breakfast. Okay. And then the number third chain was Laya Burger. Oh, I've seen that. Oh, You've okay. seen that? So it is relatively new. It was founded in 2002. And they have a really interesting dish that's become very popular. It's a wheat, whole wheat egg rolls with pork floss and mashed taro inside. And also you can have it in sandwich form. Wow. That looks I like a panini. Yeah, it's like a panini like with, pressed. you know, I'm sure it's warm inside. Wow. I think the egg roll sounds not too bad. But I don't really like pork floss. It's too dry for me. Yeah. Do you guys, would you guys... Not want to try this? No. I can't eat that so much I, first thing I, in the morning. It's just so, so hearty, right? So I guess people right? eat out. 
I mean, a lot before of people, they go to work, before they true. go to school, I a usually lot of have people breakfast at home. I do too. I usually yeah. have like something simple, like oatmeal or something. It's just, yeah. you're, you're not, your stomach's not awake yet. It's can't, but you know, we right. don't have to rush to work, right? So it's true. A lot, like my kids, they eat out and, and um, because I don't want to get up at 5.40 to, to make breakfast. <laughs> so I used to when I was more ambitious. But um, And then my husband, I think he eats out too. So. Oh, I mean, you can stop by on your scooter. It's they're on the way. They're everywhere. Stubs. I like the manto with eggs. Yeah, mm-hmm. those I, are good. I prefer more traditional breakfast fare. Here. Or egg pancakes, damping. Mm-hmm. Those are good. Yeah, I think those are good. And then maybe the um, turnip cakes too. Those are oh, very nice. Cake. Yes, a bit on the oily side, but I think that's Once that's in a about, while. I mean, that's that's not that's not too bad. No. So we have a lot of great breakfasts here. Very different than um, Western breakfasts. Yeah, which it's not tend like to be more or less the same. It's no, not like muesli like and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, toast and pancakes and French oatmeal, French toast. But I like Western breakfasts. I, actually, I do know, like Western breakfasts too. I like too. black coffee and just one piece of toast. I, without really? coffee, I can't even start my <laughs> day. Yeah, I usually addicted to coffee. Oh, <laughs> That's man. okay though. Coffee actually is good for you. It has antioxidants in there. Well, so. I guess we're very antioxidized then. Yes. All right, so that, that's some of the most popular breakfast food coming out of Taiwan. Okay, speaking of food, Paulus, tell us why some sixth graders are baking cookies. There are students um, in Tainan, elementary school students. They will be graduating next year, and there are 41 students. They are planning to visit Taipei. I mean, that's their graduation trip, their destination. However, not everyone is able to afford the trip. So all, so the students all decide to hold a, um, a, a fundraising campaign by, you know, making homemade cookies so that everyone has the money to attend the, um, to go to the trip. That's so thoughtful right. of them. It's, it, it is very thoughtful. And they actually, they did pretty well, but st- still they have six months to go before the graduation oh, So what trip. kind of cookies are they baking? Um, just homemade cookies. I don't know what kind of um, cookies, but their teachers actually, you know, taught them how to make those cookies. And they actually and sold them at a, um, at a fundraising campaign, right? That's great. It's so nice that they're so thoughtful of their classmates. Right. But the teacher said, well, everyone has to go to, uh, has to attend the graduation trip so we can take the pictures together. It's a, it will be a very pleasant memory. So that's very entrepreneurial of them as well. <laughs> I remember when my kids were in um, like elementary school and they would have their student fair mm-hmm. and they had to figure out what to sell and everything. Mm. And they would get their grandmas and whoever who had some connections to food stalls to come and uh, it's all very entrepreneurial. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's good. It's good practice for the kids, mm-hmm. right? To make right. a little money on their own and and then use it for a good cause. What do you know about Taiwan? I know who the president is. What about their local music and food? Well, hmm. What do you suggest? Tune in to Radio Taiwan International. Here at RTI, we offer the authentic Taiwan experience. You hear the sound of remote attractions, the local food, music, the lives of real Taiwanese as they live it. Visit english.rti.org.tw. Listen to the real Taiwan. Speaking of tourism, we recently had um, a French TV host here 
who just loved one of our islands, Xiao Liu Chou. Mm, that's nice. Have you guys ever been there? I haven't been there actually. No, I haven't been there. I have. Tell um, us about Xiao Liu Chou. It's off the southern coast, right, of near Hanchun. Yeah, you've got to take a ferry to get there. It's not the the closest spot, um, but if you do go, uh, and especially if you can ride a scooter around, I had someone take me on the back of one. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, I think the coral formations are really interesting. They have like a big mushroom one that's sort of shaped one that's sort Underwater of like their, or on, on no, the ocean? St- sticking out of the water. Oh wow! It's sort of like their their unofficial local mascot of a landmark um, there's lots of caves and stuff and I think the best part is nighttime because if you head towards the center of the island you can see so many stars which you can't really do around the city so there's not a lot of lights um, on the island that's probably what helps right yeah so there's a lot of places like little hostels and places to stay as well so it's pretty it's, it's very tropical and nice to go a place to go in the summer wonderful so how long is the ferry there it's not that it's not that far the, the farthest part is getting to the ferry dock because it's in the south of Taiwan. So from Taipei, if you're on the highway, that's a good six or seven hours. Well, that's great. Well, you know, um, so this French TV host, he actually used his trip to help coordinate and promote an eco-friendly initiative, which is a cup sharing program. So what you can do is anyone who registers for a service with your cell phone, you can borrow reusable stainless steel cups for free from 23 designated spots, including a lot of beverage shops, convenience stores, tourist service centers, and they can also be returned to 27 different places. So basically, they're trying to reduce the use of, you know, single-use cups like plastic cups. Right. Because there's a lot of coral there. You don't want that ending up, ending up at the ocean. That's true. You don't want it anywhere, basically. <laughs> that's true, but especially I, not in the ocean. That's great. And they also have reusable lunch boxes, so provided by environmental groups. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. It's definitely a place worth visiting if you have the time to get down there. Like, like I said, it's not the most convenient place because of just the distance from a lot of places. But uh, How, Are there a lot of people there? Yeah, during the summer, it is. some of the roads are pretty packed, which is why I said you got to wait till nighttime and sort of when things quiet down a bit to head out of, you know, at the middle of the island. And I just remember looking up and going, wow. Oh, I are there, that many the beach in a long is time. very nice there? It's a bit, like I said, it's coral, rocky, but the water rocky. is very, very clear and pretty. And oh. uh, What in, color is the water? Um, some places it's you can see to the bottom. And I think wow. I'm not. I can't quite remember if we went scoop, not like snorkeling. I think we did some kind of snorkeling activity, something like that. There <sighs> sounds like fun. Yeah. So a lot of great spots in Taiwan, all over Taiwan. That um, waiting for you to discover. Have you been there, Paula? No, nope. not yet. Me neither. We'll so go there. yeah, yes. even us who live here um, have a lot of places to go see. So anyway, hope that you. Uh, Come to Taiwan sometime and I hope that you enjoyed our show. Do stay tuned for Chinese to go, hashtag Taiwan, and status update. For here in Taiwan, I'm Natalie So. I'm John Van Trieste. And I'm Paula Chow. See ya. Are you listening? <laughs> this 
is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Welcome to Chinese to Go, the program where you learn authentic Chinese, the Chinese that we use in real life in Taiwan. Life is full of ups and downs. Sometimes we are happy, and sometimes we feel bad about everything. Let's listen to a conversation. Why do you look so unhappy? Is there anything wrong? I feel bad recently. Pretty frustrating. I don't have a job and I broke up with my boyfriend. Don't get upset about it. You win some, you lose some. Sometimes it's hard to weigh up the gains and losses. It's easier said than done. Think on the bright side. Life is like that. It has ups and downs. I'm not as optimistic as you are. All right, now let's begin with the first sentence. Why do you look so unhappy? 你, you, 为什么, why, 看起来, it appears to be, 闷闷不乐, unhappy, 闷闷不乐 is a phrase. 样子 means appearance, scene. 有什么不对吗? Is there anything wrong? 不对, wrong. 最近很失意也很失落,没有工作,男朋友也吹了。I feel bad recently. Pretty frustrating. I don't have a job and I broke up with my boyfriend. 最近很失意,最近,recently,失意, to feel bad, pretty frustrating. 也很失落,失落, frustrating. 没有工作,没有, without. 工作, a job. 没有工作, I don't have a job. 男朋友也吹了。I broke up with my boyfriend. 男朋友, boyfriend. 男 means man. What about girlfriend? 女朋友, 女 means woman. 吹 means to blow, but here it means to break up. 不要这么难过,有得也有失,有时得失之间很难衡量的。不要这么难过,don't get upset about it. 难过, 
to get upset about something, to feel bad about something. 有得也有失 You win some, you lose some. 得 to win, 失 to lose. 有时得失之间很难衡量的。有时 sometimes 很难 It's very hard. 衡量 to judge to weigh up. 得失之间很难衡量的。It's hard to weigh up the gains and losses. 说的容易，做起来可不容易。说的容易，做起来可不容易。It's easier said than done. 说 to say 容易 easy 不容易 not easy. 做 to do 总是要往开处想。人生就是如此起起伏伏。总是要往开处想。The Chinese word for "kai" means open, but here it means the bright side. 想 to think, you should think on the bright side. 人生就是如此 Life is like that. 人生 life, 起起伏伏 ups and downs. 我没有你那么乐观我没有你那么乐观我 I, 你 you, 乐观 optimistic. I am not as optimistic as you are. And that's all we have for this week's edition of Chinese to Go, in which we talk about ups and downs. See you next week. On hashtag Taiwan, this lady. <laughs> Her name is Dai Yuan. Now, does that sound familiar to you guys? Uh, Dai Yuan. Sounds like Taiwan. That's exactly what it's supposed、yeah. to sound like. And、um, what does she do? So, like, did she say, start, or do something that caught attention? While、well, I tell you guys, you're not going to believe me. But thankfully, I have this video for evidence. Taiwan is devoted in making a better world. We have made many achievements in various fields. Such as environmental protection, medical care, social welfare, equality, education, open government, and so on. However, these accomplishments aren't widely acknowledged by people. Thus, we are not competent enough to ask for a position in the world. We decided to create a Taiwanese using artificial intelligence technologies. We collected and combined headshots from 10,000 Taiwanese. Putting all the facial features together for this Taiwanese girl, she has her own LinkedIn profile. She has abundant work experience, which consists of Taiwan's SDGs fulfillments. She is making friends on social networks. She is promoting herself on LinkedIn for a position in NGO. We would like to know how people react to this Taiwanese girl. 
Introducing E1. She will prove that Taiwan can help. So let's review. Dai Yiwan is a composite of 10,000 people in Taiwan. Her likeness has been taken from people like、uh, President Tsai Ing-wen or Kaohsiung Mayor Han Guoyu,、oh, wow. former President Ma Ying-jeou, or DPP legislative candidate Enoch Wu. And、uh, I just want to remind everybody that I may very well be one ten thousandth of Dai Yuan's、oh. resemblance. Or all of us, right? Or no, private people too.、Right? Private people as well. Probably not me. I'm guessing I'm not. Probably not Andrew. But what's her purpose? I don't see your eyes in there, huh? But what's her purpose? A lot of people are asking why this is going on. Well, Dai's creators they wanted her to draw attention and be a symbol for Taiwan's achievements in regards to UN's Sustainable Development Goals. The goal here is to get her on LinkedIn and have her apply for jobs at NGOs, and this is pretty much to show that somebody with traits of Taiwan is desirable by NGOs, showing that Taiwan can make a difference. Now she has a very impressive resume. She boasts two bachelor degrees, a minor, and she also has a master's. She's a legislative director, and she was once a legislative assistant. Now she was created by this group, which is called Two Cities Street, and they submitted Dai as an entry into a competition that would maybe have them represent Taiwan at the Cannes Lion Young Lions、ah, competition. It's a creative competition. Okay. Unfortunately, on December sixth, the、uh, organizing body said that they did not make it to the next round. However, they did acknowledge that Dai made a splash and went viral on the internet. I have to say, I'm a little weirded out by this whole concept. You guys find her attractive? And she's cute. Yeah. The thing is, like, I could be one ten thousandth of her. So if I, say I find her attractive, it's like I find her just like a narcissist. I'm not okay with that. There's a lot of things here. All right. Would you want to talk to her? No. No. That's a little too smart for me. This is starting to sound like a movie. With her. Yeah. With、uh, Joaquin Phoenix. AI is getting very creepy. Yeah.、Right? No, very、you. exciting though. Thank you very much, Leslie. And that is hashtag Taiwan for this week. We hope you follow us on social media and leave a comment below. We'd love to hear from you. This is status update. Welcome to status update. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. It is a program where we get to your letters, your letters about our programs and what you think about them. And what you heard? And well, your status. Yes, that's right. Well, we're going to update our status first before we get to the letters. So、um, this past week has been kind of interesting.、Um, my daughter just got married.、Um, actually, it's a month ago now. Right, a month ago. Our listeners will <laughs> be very aware of this fact by now. <laughs> right. But you said something to me that I thought was very interesting and very Taiwanese. This is not something you see. I think in most other parts of the world, maybe in some other Asian countries,、mm-hmm. because it's not enough to just like I don't know get,、uh, married. get married and have <laughs> a ceremony and sign you know even have witnesses and get a certificate and all of that.、Uh, there's also the matter of what's called huji in Taiwan, right? House、um, registration, household registration, household registration, right? <laughs> and and、uh, that's something that I think many listeners in other countries will be a bit puzzled by. So, can you explain what that is? When I heard you say it, and I went. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't realize you had to do that when you got married too. Okay. Well, first of all, as you were saying all those things, I was thinking that it's not normal for Taiwanese people to have weddings in churches, and so. But my daughter, I mean, and my 
you know, son-in-law. They, you know, they they had a wedding in the church, right? But that didn't mean anything, like nothing to do with the household registration at all. It was not even right. anything formal. It, needs to it be was a, just a ceremony. There needs to be a, a civil right. component to that as well, right? Okay, and then. They kind of forgot. They they started you know busy with their work and everything, so they forgot that they have to go register. <laughs> so they forgot to officially marry, just even though they'd exactly been, they'd been sort of married in everyone else's eyes yeah. for a month. So legally, they still had to sort that out. Yeah, right, right. So anyway, so then they re- realized that they got to do that, but <laughs> only because my daughter. Um, well, they haven't had their honeymoon yet, and that's because my daughter's a nurse, and they can't. I mean, she has to arrange her. Uh, honeymoon vacations slash vacation at a time that's allowed by the work. Okay, right. And so, um, so then she realized that she has to have this household registration, or rather, a marriage certificate, a formal marriage certificate, in order to um, take a vacation. This does this mean that they technically have two anniversaries? Yeah. Okay, that's the thing because she totally they totally forgot to register, so they could not register as being married on October twenty sixth, which was the day that they had the wedding ceremony. So now they registered that they're married on December tenth. That was the day that we went in to apply for the marriage certificate. Right, but it wasn't just a marriage certificate. There is also, like we said, the matter of this household household registration. Now this is very interesting because in Taiwan, this among other things determines where you can vote. Right, exactly. Oh my gosh, that means my daughter has to travel all the way to Taiwan to vote then. Yeah, that means that she cannot no longer vote in Taipei. No. Even though she lives here. Right. It's a a system that is fascinating and I think to some foreigners a bit bizarre. It is bizarre. So so what is a household registration? What's on it? What's on it? It's got, um, you know, the, the household head. And in in, our, in my case, it's um, my father-in-law. How patriarchal. <laughs> right. And, and, and then, you know, um, my mother-in-law, of, of course, is also on the house res- registration. And ideally, there are three k- children, including my husband. But the thing is that um, his older brother lives in the States, so he's not under registration. But um, his younger sister is. Um, of course, that allows them to be able to vote if they're ever back in Taiwan to vote. You know, um, doing an election, right? But they have to be physically present, physically in the, present in the precinct where they are registered. So they can't just show up at the airport and find the nearest polling place, right? They no absentee be, votes. First of all, they have to be physically in the country. But not only that, they have to go to the place where they are registered. Registered, right, 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 right. exactly. This and is, so, what are the benefits are there for being for 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 being registered at a certain address? I don't know, except for voting. I, th- I don't I think, know if there's anything. Other than <laughs> it affects that sort of like oh school stuff schools school districts what okay. districts you can send your kids to right. so you know uh, in some cases you know some <clears throat> families if they want the kid to be registered at a certain school in a certain district but they don't have the house registration registration oh god such a mouthful um, in that particular district they can if they happen to have friends in that district. To be registered under their household it's registration. It's almost like a kind of adoption. And I've heard this is a bit of a controversial <laughs> adoption, issue. Okay. It is because your kid is on someone else's household registration that they're not biologically related to. Also yeah. that they can get into a certain it's school. It's not the whole family, right? It's just a no, kid. No, no, it's just the... And, and people like do this to get their kids into better schools. Better I, schools. I, or they like buy property. I don't know. It's like a, a, a bit... 
I buy think a it's shady, really. Like, yeah, or they buy a house. You should in actually the live mm-hmm. in the place because the thing is, these are not necessarily fixed in stone. There's a bureaucratic process involved, but you can move your household registration if you want to. Right. It's not like your ancestral home is forever. But a lot of people like never get around to it, or for whatever reason, feel mm-hmm. a connection with the place they're from. So when election time, for instance, comes around, yes, or th- when it comes time to send their kids to school, school, they may have to send do all that clear across the country. I know. I don't understand. Like, it's very different from, like, uh, the states where I'm from, where, you know, I I have a sibling that lives in a different state than the one where we grew up now. Mm-hmm. And so, like, she votes there, not where uh, we grew up. Like, it, after, I think it's six, it is it like six months or something. And you've got to change your license right. and stuff. And, and but then again, Taiwan, is- it's, it's just, <laughs> you're sort of rooted there and by default until you choose otherwise. Right. And it, you have to like, does it cost money to change all that uh, paperwork? Minimal application fee, actually. So it's kind of, I don't know. Yeah. No, I don't no. understand why people... Why yeah. that system is still around? I think it there is it is it has a uh, an Asian history. I know there's something similar called koseki in Japan. Uh huh. Um, What's that? It's the same huji. It's just read in Japanese. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, okay. I'm not yeah. sure that it affects quite so much though. And here anyway, it's a a, a very big deal. It's well, also something that I was thinking about just last night. That's why I was also very interested <laughs> in this because last night. <laughs> yeah, because. Um, it's kind of a current events topic, but this this airline, Far Air, uh, what's it called? Far. It has the Far unfortunate East acronym, Air? the very unfortunate acronym of FAT. Uh, Whenever the planes used to fly yes. in, you could just see FAT written on them. But anyway, this airline suddenly collapsed, leaving all sorts of people, their travel plans messed up. And we've got an election coming up next month. Uh-huh. And so I was talking with my sort of Taiwanese common-law spouse the other day. How are these people going to get home to vote? Because it's going to be all the flights are booked now. Right. Because they can't just vote where they are. Right. Which, which I think is like really shows how. There are other airlines, right? But they're probably all full up. People oh. are trying to get back to where they're, especially oh, if you gosh, live in one of Taiwan's apparently. outlying islands. Yeah, yeah. But you're not registered there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Do you have to be registered for a certain period before you can vote in your district? Or does it take automatic effect? Good question. I'm not sure. So lots of people are trying to figure out what I think what they're going to do now. I think it's it's a interesting conundrum <sighs> that shows that this system. I don't know. I, I wonder mean, if they'll start discussion about it because mm, it seems, my personal opinion, right. a bit antiquated. Oh wow! If you live in Taipei, why don't you vote for the per, like you know? Because if you're not living in the place where you elect your representatives from in the in the legislature, mm-hmm. they're not really representing you, are they? Because you don't live there. Yeah. You don't pay taxes there, really? It's and like, you know, I, I, I particularly like this legislative candidate in another's district, but then I can't vote for him because I'm not in that district, right? Right, but even yeah. if you were, if your household registration wasn't there, by all mm-hmm. means, you should be able to, I don't know. I think I'm. I, it's interesting, the sort of lack of debate they, that there is about Maybe this. they're trying to spread out the um, percentage of votes. I don't know. Evenly, I mean, as best as they could. So I like, don't know. For all its population, I guess the Taipei area... The greater Taipei area. I mean, a lot of the voters there don't actually vote for candidates here. Mm-hmm. They vote for they have they get on trains Go back and it's always to their home town. There's like traffic jams and stuff, and mm-hmm. it's like a I think a bit of an unnecessary hassle, really. <laughs> uh, but that's just my view. I think it's patriotism. <laughs> Patriarchal. It's a but yeah, I think a, a woman know, a woman could be the being head of a patriotic household. to your own think, hometown. I don't think that's. It is very interesting these like ideas about family that we have here now. You see a, a growing number of kids with two surnames. 
for uh, instance, which they they have their father's and their mother's surname. For you instance. know, it's interesting. It didn't used to happen, I don't think. Uh, as I was accompanying my daughter and son-in-law, you know, for the household registration thingy, um, I saw a notice that said that when a child is born, they can choose to go with the surname of the mother or the father. But if they if the parents couldn't decide, then it's like pick by lot. Really? Yes. Wow. I was so surprised. But one of the two, not just a random third surname. Well, I mean, one of the two. <laughs> because in, in, in and in, they can change their name again, but only once in the whole lifetime. I thought there was three times. No, because I have a friend who did change once. their name. Yeah, uh, so, after that or something like that. But so anyway. there's all these like interesting this is so rules. Interesting. And it usually only doesn't really affect us most of the time. But when these things like elections come around, it always makes me think like, why? <laughs> there's not much discussion about it. Doesn't seem is there? Maybe no. there will be now. Yeah. Well, this is a definitely a very interesting it's discussion. It's a very here. Taiwanese topic, and very it's a- Taiwanese. And so, um, yeah. So, my husband and I we chose to be their witnesses. So we drove them all the way out to Taoyuan uh, City, where the registration is, is right. Yes, it's an hour away. Yeah. Did that yeah. feel inconvenient to you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Imagine when she goes to vote next year, and if she I can't mean, get off work that day, yeah, then she oh, can't yeah. vote at all. So that's why we picked that day when she's off work. So a lot know? of like soldiers who are stationed in places very far from there, mm-hmm. on bases very far from where they're registered, they just kind of don't get a voice. And they're the ones defending the country, aren't they? Right. So anyway, she's off your registry now. She's on her husband's? I know. And then, yes, over her husband's. But um, um, ideally, they said that they were going to, like, move her back to our household registration, Why? like maybe in a year's time. Why do that? Because actually he, my son-in-law, would prefer to be registered in Taipei City rather than Taoyuan, because Taoyuan is just far. And he lives in Taipei, right? Right. You know, with my daughter. So, you know, they wanted to move back to Taipei, but then my mother-in-law was kind of happy that she moved out, my daughter moved out. See, this is all, I hope you're following along. Um, because <laughs> now she wants to register um, my husband's older brother, who lives in the States, back into the household registration. But he doesn't even live in the country. He doesn't. And but you, so, the thing is, so this does not reflect where you actually live. This I does not reflect where you... I'm not, sure my, I'm not sure what my in-laws are thinking, but they're thinking about the fact that they're getting old. I don't know. Is there some maybe inheritance that, issues? Maybe. Maybe. Some legal See, reasons? See, that's the thing. Yeah. So yeah. it's sort of a legal fiction almost. Like... <laughs> You technically live there, but that's not your address, and you may not. You may only go there for election time. There may be nobody in your family that actually lives there anymore. Everyone may have moved away. Yeah, but a lot of rural registries are probably like that, filled mm. with families that haven't lived there. But they, oh, and I think there's a limit limited number of people that can be registered in one one single house of registration. You have a big family. I don't know. <laughs> All these mysteries. I, I, it's a very interesting hmm. topic. Now there's a whole lot of unanswered questions now in my head. But anyway, <laughs> this has really been a fun discussion. So <laughs> I would like to know more about this. I, 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 kind right. of, I think a lot of Taiwanese people are not really aware of it either. Because like I said, it's not something that really affects their everyday life except for no. those occasional legal things. Yes. Well, anyway, I hope that our listeners are finding this interesting uh, as they join in our discussion. But uh, I <laughs> Does think your country have anything similar? Please let us know. Yeah, really. Write us and let us know. That would be a great letter to read. Okay, so like I said, we're talking about letters, so we're going to get to your letters now. We'd love so much to hear from you, what you think about our programs. Our address is PO Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. Our email address is rti at rti.org.tw. And remember, you can always leave us a Facebook and a YouTube note yes. as well. We like to read your comments. Yes, please do. Okay, so this first letter is coming to us from Jayanta Chakrabarti of uh, New Delhi, India. It says, Dear friends at RTI, as we approach the end of the year, as a regular listener, I would like to thank RTI for its 
service. The past months have been a period in which your radio station has been especially useful to my family and myself in keeping us abreast of events and happenings in Taiwan and around the world. We all hope that RTL will continue to inform and entertain us in the coming new year as well. Let me take this opportunity to wish all the deserving team members at RTI and their loving families a, and this is in Chinese, a simplified form of Chinese characters, which means uh, Merry Christmas, uh, which means Happy New Year in the, in the year 2020. I'm happy to send your feedback on your news program of December 8th for your kind verification with a printed QSL card with no problem. So he listened from the frequency 6180 kHz. Quality of reception was 43444. Uh, some details, he said uh, he listened to the news on the ambitious plan for the government to revamp the aerospace industry. Also about President Tsai Ing-wen stating that a 10-year budget of $25 billion New Taiwan Dollars has been earmarked for launching a satellite each year for the next decade. This is a recognition of Taiwan's technological prowess in the aerospace industry. Uh, another story was the National Chinese Orchestra Taiwan is to conduct a musical entitled Crossing Ridges, appreciating the musical story of Bunun. This week, the musical rendition will highlight the joys and sorrows of this indigenous Bunun tribe of Taiwan. Okay, well, thank you so much for the details. That was coming to us from Jayanta Chagrabati of India. We've got a letter here from Indonesia, this one coming from Walu Ibn Dishman, and it says, Dear RTI, I haven't sent a reception report to you in a long time, and I'm very sorry for that. Uh, For the past month, I've been so busy. This is a reception report for our frequency 15320 kHz, all listened to from 1000 to 1100 hours Jakarta time. And this is a range of different uh, programs from early December. Uh, the first one, appropriately enough, was an interview I did with our colleague Tony Tamsir, who is really has a lot of interesting stories oh, yeah. to tell. Yes, of the Indonesian service. Yeah, and he was talking about Indonesian workers here. And that's, I mean, just this morning I saw like four on my way to work. So they're, they're very uh-huh. visible. Like, yeah. You know, push, most of them are pushing wheelchairs. Um, mm. We have an aging population and... Uh, we rely on Indonesian people to take care of them. Yes. Uh, so he was talking helpful. about conditions and things like that, where people are coming from and, and why they choose Taiwan. It was an interesting discussion. Uh, so he was talking about wellness and yoga. I don't remember him talking about yoga. Oh, it, it sounds like it's someone program. I interviewed. Yeah. Um, I was like, I don't remember him talking about yoga. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. It was a while ago, but I don't remember that bit. Um, right. Simpo was three across the board. That was on December 2nd. On the 3rd, uh, Again, Simpo 3 across the board. We had a news item about how there has been a 20% spike in the number of Hong Kongers moving here or trying to move here and become residents. Uh, here in Taiwan, there was an article about a museum here. That was followed by Ear to the Ground, uh, Andrew's program about uh, interesting sounds from around the world. And this was about a Christian church in Jerusalem. On the 4th, uh, w- Simpo was not so great, all twos, but oh. still apparently audible, which is good to know. Uh, the news featured an item about President Tsai Ing-wen talking about bilateral economic ties between Taiwan and Japan. Uh, there's supposed to be a surplus of 7 million this year. I'm not sure what 7 million what. Maybe dollars, NT dollars, yen? Uh, then there was here in Taiwan dis- a discussion about coffee culture. And then there was a, a it looks like a Chinese to go maybe? It was talking about next year. The word next year, which is minian in Chinese. That was followed by a status update. This is kind of funny. We read an email from a listener in Miyagi, Japan, and there was interference by Japanese radio during that whole time. (laughs) So, okay, well, there you go. Um, On the 5th of December, Simpo was three again. Back up a little bit. The news featured an item about the National Security Bureau saying that uh, this news story 
allegedly that they allegedly sent an agent to Australia is not true. That's fake news. And there was here in Taiwan talking about a new flavor of boba or bubble tea, which is a you could almost call it a Taiwan's drink, preferred drink of choice. Mm. Um, finally, on uh, December 6th, Simpo was 33343, and the news talked about Thailand, which uh, has sort of proposed making uh, Taiwanese visitors provide some financial data. Okay. They need to show that they can support themselves. And a lot of people here, especially travel agents, oh, weren't yeah. very happy about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been postponed until March next year. Uh, thank you so much and see you in another email. Your listener, Walu Ibn Dishman of Indonesia. Well, that's it for this week's status update. We still love to hear from you, so do write us. Our address is PO Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. Our email address is rti at rti.org.tw. And remember, you can always leave us a comment on Facebook or on YouTube letting us know what you think. Be sure to check out our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. That's right. Until next week, I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. Goodbye. See you. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.